Milk minute, milk minute, milk minute, yeah. This is Maureen Farrell and Heather O'Neill, and this is the Milk Minute. We're midwives and lactation professionals, bringing you the most up-to-date evidence for all things lactation. So you can feel more confident about feeding your baby, body positivity, relationships, and mental health. Plus, we laugh a little or a lot along the way. So join us for another episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Milk Minute podcast. I am very excited about an interview today, Heather. Me too. Today we have a very special guest named Emisha Parker, who wrote a new kind of pregnancy book that combines stories and art with evidence-based information on all four trimesters of pregnancy with a big mental health focus, which you know I love. Absolutely. Um, And this book is not only like informational resource, it includes her personal memoir of her pregnancy journey, which I mean, obviously we just love. Yeah, we, we want all the juicy details. And she doesn't leave them out, which is nice. Yeah. Now, Emish is a women's health nurse practitioner, um, master's in public health, and perinatal mental health specialist. So this is just right up our alley, folks. Yeah. She literally could not be more qualified to write this gem of a book. And we are so lucky to have her on here to talk about her experience writing that kind of book and just, you know, kind of sharing a little bit more about her. Because when I read this book, I was like, what kind of person can write this? I got to meet <laughs> well, this girl. She self-describes as a public health geek. So we are just going to be best friends. Oh, she's 100% a dork. <laughs> and she's she's our people, for sure. Yeah. Well, quick reminder, if there's anybody struggling out there with breastfeeding right now today, and you're like, this episode doesn't help me now. Well, we can. We do private consultation and we do them virtually. Um, so you can find links to that always in our show notes and on our website. Mm-hmm. And before we get into this, let's thank a couple new patrons. Yeah, big thank you to Aaron Kirkpatrick from Lisbon Falls, Maine. That's Maine. M-E? Yeah. That, yeah. Well, I don't know why I just didn't know that. <laughs> it's not Mississippi. I was like, it's not Missouri. Mich- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Maine. From M-E. Maine. <laughs> and Ariel Lampkin from Mansfield, Texas. <laughs> we know what the TX is. We, I know things, Heather. <laughs> I have a podcast. <laughs> 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 okay. All right, let's do a quick question from one of our patrons uh, before we move on to this interview, Heather. Okay, so we have a question from our patron, Victoria Knight, and she asks, what is the best way to convince your husband that you should get nursing clothes? (laughs) She exclusively pumped with their first and was hoping to nurse their second, and so her husband's like, you didn't need that before. Why do you need it now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I personally think the easiest way would be to wear a really long dress that didn't have easy access on the top and just go out in public on a date and just lift your dress all the way up (laughs) to your boob and be like this right here is why I mean here's the thing personally I I just I don't feel like I I don't feel like it's an expense that you need to justify you can just be like hey I I need it and I also want it and I need things that are going to make me feel good and confident in my body in the postpartum. And this is one of those, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And also, I mean, you can point out other people nursing in public mm-hmm. and be like, see how you can't see her entire boob? 
because she right, has maybe a shirt. her tits aren't freezing off. Yeah, she has a, a nice sweater on that's covering most of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when your baby is due, but if it's due in the winter, it's like really challenging to mm-hmm. actually nurse your baby in non-nursing friendly clothes. I mean, yeah, if you and have pumping too, I for mean, sure, really, for yeah. sure. And I mean, if you have a baby born in July and all, and you have like. C cups, you might just be able to get away with wearing a little tank top. But, you know, if if not. Yeah, I, I really just think, like, the reason doesn't matter. If yeah. you want it and it's going to make you feel comfortable and confident, then you should get that. And not not every brand of nursing clothing is very expensive. You know, some of the more expensive brands are nicer and they're going to last longer. They'll be cl- like, I'm still wearing latched mama clothes literally from my first baby and he's eight. Yeah. Right. So like a lot of the nicer clothes are really more durable and you will wear them for a long time, even though you could access your boobs if you you don't need to, but you could. <laughs> That's true. You always got the option. <laughs> and also you could have your partner listen to our interview with yeah. the founder of Latched Mama, where she talks about why it was important for her to create a whole company around this. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason these products exist. That's a great idea. Yeah. Why don't you put make him do a little bit of the work and go listen to that episode? <laughs> yeah, and that is episode 183, so that was really recent. Mm-hmm. Just like two weeks ago. Shouldn't be hard to find. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break and thank some sponsors. And when we get back, we will welcome our very special guest. Have you guys ever been listening to our show and thought to yourself, man, I really want to work one-on-one with Maureen? I do every day that I sit here podcasting across from you. (laughs) Well, lucky for you and everybody at home, I offer both in-person and virtual support through my business. And in my business, Highland Birth Support, I'm dedicated to mentoring you guys through your childbearing year. So that could start with fertility all the way through pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum. I offer home birth midwifery services, doula services, lactation support, herbal support, anything you guys need. You even do miscarriage support. Absolutely, I do. That's one of the biggest things that is so hard to find. And I think that your people that are local to you are so incredibly lucky to have this service. Thank you. And I just feel really happy to serve everybody. And I'm so happy I can expand my services virtually as well. Yeah, tell Health for Lactation has been really important through the pandemic, and I think we just about got it perfected at this point. So if you guys want to work with me, head over to highlandbirthsupport.com and check out what I can offer you. That's H-I-G-H-L-A-N-D birthsupport.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Let's hop right into this interview and welcome our guest. Um, Emisha, welcome to the Milk Minute podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here with you guys. All right. So here's the thing. I have built a lot of content in my life at this point. I've done classes online. I've done classes in person. I have built handbooks. But your book is impressive. I mean, (laughs) this piece of content is super high quality. It has ease of reading, which is actually really hard to do, especially because you're a women's health nurse practitioner. So you you have to like take all of these high level concepts and like bring them down to a level that everyone can understand. And it's fun to read. So it's not like you're reading a textbook. So first question is, 
what made you want to put together <laughs> this resource for parents? And tell us about you and like what kind of person you are that you were able to do this. You know, like where in the world did this come from? This thing is a gem. <laughs> Oh, well, thanks for all those kind words. It took a long time to write. So To Carry Wonder is what I call my fourth baby. And um, it took 12 years. To write. So the product that you are finding now is um, a result of a lot of trial and error and reformatting the book in a lot of different ways. And I really wanted to have a book out there that was fun to read, talked about relevant information that we didn't always get to talk about in prenatal visits, or maybe people weren't hearing that much about. And so I wanted it to be relevant. And so it was based on the clinical experiences I was having with women, also my personal experiences in my first pregnancy. And so it kind of evolved from there. That's crazy. I mean, I, so I read your book as a pregnant person. Yeah. You know. Good timing. Good timing. <laughs> yes. And I, I like to read books front to back, but this book can be read multiple ways. Sure. And that is super helpful because you never know when you're going to pick it up, at what point in pregnancy mm-hmm. you're going to pick it up. I actually think it would be very helpful for people who are planning to get pregnant to pick it up. Mm. And you can use it as like a coffee table book almost where it's like, oh, I need a resource on, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you can look it up that way, like go to the index and find things that are very helpful. So that in itself, I can imagine would take 12 years to put something like that together. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I um, almost gave up many times, but at, at a certain point, after about six or seven years, um, there was a point of no return. And even my husband, <laughs> who was like, you've just got to finish this thing. You've spent way too much time on it. So the purpose of the book is to nurture and inspire and equip women in pregnancy and motherhood. And I really wanted it to go through the four trimesters. So some listeners might be like, wait, I thought there's only three trimesters in pregnancy. Yeah, but the the first few months postpartum is what many of us consider the fourth trimester. And since it is such a journey of transformation, I really wanted it to go through the first little part of motherhood. So it's been, it, it ended up being the book that I always imagined. And actually, when I was growing up, I wrote lots of little books and my dad still keeps those. And they're called like, how to be beautiful, how to be kind, how to be me. And they're like these tiny little fluffy books. There's even like a how to be sexy. And I don't even know how in like fourth grade, I even knew what the word was. So I don't even, I I would actually want to check that book out. I feel like these these are really gold for social media content here. You have to go take some pictures of these books (laughs) and post them on your Instagram. Be like, do you want to know how you get started writing books? Before and after. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, I definitely feel like you could just put that little addendum into Carrie Wonder, just also how to be sexy. It's like the last little tidbit. Published in 1994. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, so my hope is that people can really use the book to authentically experience their own journeys 
And actually, I recently learned this word um, and it's called matrescence. And it's something that you may have already heard of, but I've been in women's health for a really long time, like 15 years. And that word is something that I just recently learned. And it is basically acknowledging that in motherhood, the motherhood becoming process is like a developmental milestone. Just like in um, adolescence, and we have the word adolescence, like in the teenagers, Dr. Orly Athens out of Columbia University has like reignited that term matrescence. And so it's this massive identity shift and transformation that we go through from preconception through motherhood. And it goes on for like years. <laughs> so yeah. when, and so when we're struggling in pregnancy or motherhood and we're, we're feeling like, Oh my gosh, like, is it normal? Is it common what I'm experiencing? It's, you know, we all have our own individual journeys, but there are a lot of myths out there on what that should look like. And so my hope is that the book by being vulnerable with my own experiences, it opens up the opportunity for people to reflect on their own experience and be okay with that and let that transform them in their own way. Well, I mean, I love that you were able to include your personal story without making other people feel like that should be their story. And also, I do not feel at all when I was reading your personal anecdotes in the book that you were not being truthful in the sense that you're not you're not depicting this like with rose colored glasses. You were just like, (laughs) yep, this is what was happening. This sucks. Or like my husband was annoying or, (laughs) you know, which is very nice because I think a lot of us pregnant people or lactating people get on Instagram or other social media Mm -hmm. platforms. And it's all like, look how perfect, perfect, perfect everything is. And it's nice to be able to get into bed disgustingly pregnant at the end of a long day, (laughs) mad at your husband, pick up your book and be like, yep, you too, girl, me too. Yes. And I learned a little something. And then you put it, you close it, you put it on your nightstand and you're like, so that's done. I did that today. And you don't feel worse. You know, you're not like, what's wrong with me? I think that's what we loved most about this book, right, is that we not only have these anecdotes that are very normalizing of a variety of experiences, but it's also paired with evidence-based information, and that is really hard to do. <laughs> and, yes. and, you know, I'm just curious, like, obviously you have this medical background, so you have some information from that, but... You know, what was that process of then like kind of revisiting all of that and getting it up to date and accurate? Like what what, what was that like? What resources did you use? Especially over 12 years. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, it took a long time uh, to do that. And actually, it there was one point where I was working with my editor and, you know, this process had been drawing like dragging on for a long time and um, finalizing the format of the book and I'm like oh no now I need to like re-update all my references (laughs) because they're over four or five years old and so that added like another year on so yeah it's um, a lot of researching in you know databases and trying to read the you know finding the articles reading them and then when I can't I'm finding an article that I want to find and I can't access this dear librarian Mm -hmm. can you please help me find this article that I can't access (laughs) so I got to know librarians really well and um yeah so I really wanted 
their people to feel like they're learning about this journey in lots of different ways. If I could, if I could have had my book play music, I would have, because as a nurse, you know, we're, I'm trying to provide holistic care to people and where we're trying, I'm trying to support their emotional, their um, mental health, their physical health, their spiritual health, like just trying to like help them grow in like into themselves. And so to do that, I wanted, I wanted to make sure that I'm addressing lots of different content and topics. And about six or seven years ago, I actually figured out that there's this whole field called maternal mental health, because when I started writing this book, (laughs) I felt quite alone because in clinic, I just found that we often are measuring people's fundal heights and we're checking blood pressures and focusing on the labs and the upcoming ultrasounds, but we're not always addressing all the, that the whole pregnancy journey that people are going through. And so in writing this book, I wanted people to have the space to explore those other aspects. And so yeah, so finding this maternal mental health field, like there's this whole professional organization, like there are multiple organizations that focus on women's wellness and mental health. And it was like this light bulb went off. Like, oh my gosh, these are my people. I found them. And so I started attending lots of conferences over the years and slowly that helped me build the content for my book as well as I started discovering more and more aspects um, in clinic and through these, through my own training, how important it was to address these different things. So when I originally wrote the book, I, it was just my memoir based on my first pregnancy and I showed it to my sister and she said, well, that's great. It it was pretty good. (laughs) And she's like, but you're a nurse practitioner. So don't you think anyone could write a memoir? Like, shouldn't you add that evidence-based information <laughs> to it? You're like, yeah, but that's hard. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was done with the book. What do you mean? <laughs> and so I like to fully blame her for the way that the book evolved because that is what led to like the next like 11 years and trying to figure out how do I actually create a book that is cohesive and that doesn't feel like a textbook that really is hopefully easy to read and fun to read. And so um, that's what we have the format now where it goes week to week from the beginning of pregnancy all the way for the first like 16 weeks postpartum. And so every week people get two memoirs and then some let's talk about it, like some conversational educational topic that they, they can um, delve into. Well, anybody that's been following my pregnancy journey on our other podcast, Beyond the Boob, which takes you week by week, knows how mad I am at the <laughs> the apps like Sprout, for example, which are just like every day you get a little bit of bad advice written by someone who has no experience in perinatal mental health, where, you know, just the language that they use is just really upsetting yeah. a lot of mm. times. And so you literally just basically took all of those apps, added personalization, it, it's like the what to expect when you're expecting, but like brought it into the 21st century with <laughs> up to date 
evidence. It's like, it's really, really, really good. Like this would be a gift that I would give to any pregnant friend of mine. And I mean that. And to be honest with you, I was worried to read it. So when you first (laughs) sent it over, I was nervous because I've received, you know, we we get pitches a lot. And uh, most of the time. We've read a lot of bad books. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's why I have my Abigail that everybody knows about. I'm like, can you please vet this? Like before I even open it, because it's just going to freaking make me mad that it exists and that people are reading it and getting this bad advice. And so when I read it, I was like, oh, this is actually really good. And then and then my pregnancy brain kicked in and I was like, no, I'm actually getting something out of this. Oh, no. Like, this is actually really impressive. (laughs) Then, like, from a professional standpoint, I was like, I could never do this. This is like one thing I don't think I could ever do. So I'm so glad that you wrote this piece de resistance uh, over the past 12 years. Um, and now, like, the only daunting thing that I know you're going to have to do is a second edition, a third edition, a oh fourth edition. Yes, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm kind of dreading that because, I'm like, oh, there's so many articles. There are, like, hundreds, hundreds. Like, yeah. I don't know. Even at 8-point font, when I had to reduce the, the <laughs> reference section to 8-point so that the book doesn't get any longer. I mean, there's still, like, I don't know, 20, 30 pages and so, of references. And so I, too, am not looking forward <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're just going to say that is uh, tomorrow's problem. We're not yes. borrowing it for today. And we're, yeah. we're going to celebrate what you've done. No, it is it is really hard, though, to, like, pause and celebrate and not worry mm-hmm. about, like, the future of a project like that. Yes, I, I agree. Let's just celebrate that we are where we are today. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so the first thing I noticed when Heather handed me this book was that it's beautiful. The mm-hmm. artwork is lovely. Um, and I was curious, like, who who did your artwork? How did you find them? Was that a really important aspect? Or were you just, like, delighted to find a great artist accidentally? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a really good question. I always w- imagined having really beautiful illustrations with a book. Again, just going back to wanting that that nurturing experience for people. And it was amazing how I actually had two illustrators and a graphic designer. So Krista Pierce and Rafaela Perasinik. She actually is in Croatia, the, sec- the second artist. And I first found Krista Pierce through my editor. So they had gone to the same university. And I and it turns out it's actually hard to find a good illustrator. Yeah. Because, I mean, I found like lots of illustrators who I really liked their work, but then they maybe are not used to drawing women or, mm-hmm. you know, or they're not used to drawing lots of different, lots of different things. And so I realize that okay the illustrators I originally was thinking of uh, pursuing okay they don't really draw people they draw like these cute folksy animals and flowers <laughs> which, which I thought that would be really cute but okay I need people too in my book and so I was thrilled when Krista uh, who she drew the cover and then also some of the breastfeeding positions labor positions in the book and some of like the weekly developmental milestones she like drew the little borders so she was just did a great job. And I, in the process, learned like, okay, how do you work with an illustrator, yeah. right? So you yeah. have to ex- tell them what you're looking for. Then they send you back the illustration. Then you edit it out like, oh, okay, actually I want this, like the mm-hmm. nursing tank got a little muddled. <laughs> like this is how a nursing tank works. <laughs> like, so, yeah. And then 
she actually through Instagram was following Rafaela. And so she couldn't commit to doing all of the illustrations for the book. But Rafaela had a similar sort of style, which was like this fun, folksy uh, type of yeah. uh, work that I wanted for the book. And so Rafaela was game to draw a lot of the, actually, I'm sorry, Rafaela drew the labor positions and she drew the monthly baby, baby, mm-hmm. like baby development pictures. And she did an amazing job too. And many people would hire like medical illustrators. This is what I also learned mm-hmm. to um, yep. draw these. Um, she also drew like the, the pelvic floor and um, that, Turns out that's really tricky for people who (laughs) (laughs) are not familiar with that. So there are some instances where like she'd send me a, again, that's a process. So like getting out my white out, like there's, there shouldn't be a light, this extra line around the vagina. Like there's this this (laughs) whiting it out, like please correct it like this. But what was amazing is that these women were so talented that they really could they did have the skills to go out of their comfort zone and do something that maybe they weren't as familiar with drawing and they were incredibly patient with me as I sent in my edits and as you can tell they're super super good at what they do so yeah yeah, I was just thrilled with how that turned out and then Ariela Garcia she did all the graphic designs so like the snacks, the tasty snacks, or like the birth control handout, or the like, she just did a lot of the other graphics throughout the book. And so she helped me kind of fine tune my color palette. So I had all that, that all of that was cohesive within the three different artists. Yeah, I mean, and you can really tell that somebody spent a great deal of time on the layout, because you have so much in there that it could have looked really messy. Like to be, yeah, yeah <laughs> it like, really could have. It could have looked. I'm sure, there were times that it was messy. <laughs> yeah, truly. I mean, it is really hard to make something that's visually appealing, yes. that's readable. And actually, my observation, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, is that the book actually is reminiscent of some study Bibles that I've used in my life, hmm. where they take like a you know a very complicated well, it's like a workbook almost like yeah. a like a workbook where it's like okay here's the story and then here's a toolbox on the side and then at the bottom there's a deeper dive that you can take and here's the PDF that if you want to have a you know you want to journal about it here you go, which is really cool. I'm not particularly religious anymore, but I have done my fair share of religious studies <laughs> as a child. You put in your t- And and your book is not, I'm not saying that your book is like, you know, a Bible or like very super religious or anything like that. But I'm saying the ease of use and Mm. like the comfort that it gives you that it's like, oh, this all makes sense. Like I can, I can do all of these types of things or I can do nothing. I can do no journaling Mm. if I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I can take a deeper dive. Like you invite people to do it. Hey, you want to take a deeper dive? And there were nights that I was like, (laughs) no, not today. And I (laughs) Peace out. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. No, no, this isn't the day for me. And I would just skip to the next section, which was mm-hmm. which was really, really nice. So how did you come up with that particular layout? Yeah. Uh, well, like I mentioned, it um, it was a process. And yeah, I can't say that it was specifically based on like a study Bible format. Um, I've read my fair share and I still have some study Bibles that I do read. 
But it actually was, again, something that I can fully blame on my sister. And then I can also thank my editor because she really helped me. She, as in my editor, Rachel Richardson, did an amazing job helping me find just find that balance on how to structure that book and how to hopefully make it really easy for people to read. And when the book originally, when I originally started adding like those topics to it, so those are like for readers who haven't, or listeners who haven't read it, the book includes things like nutrition or how to find a good pre, uh, prenatal provider or how, like how to communicate with your partner or your healthcare provider. There's like just like a lot body image. There's like a ton of different topics. There's probably over 50 of them. And originally it started out as just one, like I'd periodically, maybe once a month have a let's talk about it. And let's talk about it is where I'm talking about some conversational topic. But then as I saw more and more people in clinic and then grew in my own understanding of maternal mental health, then slowly we, Rachel's like, huh, like, why don't we try to get a topic every week? I was like, every week? Oh my gosh, that's going to require so much more research. And, but it's amazing now looking back, you know, as I think about, well, what other topics would I potentially add into the second version? And there's like even more topics. So I cannot make the book any longer, but it's, um, you know, I think as, as we work with women more and more, and we just realize there's a lot of things that people go through. Mm-hmm. And many people think that it's just them when really they're, you know, when we're thinking about the massive biopsychosocial, cultural, all of those like work related changes that we go through a relatively short amount of time, it's understandable why it would be so hard sometimes and so my again my hope is that by having those little invitations in the book people can feel like okay yeah I'm having a good day I kind of <laughs> I'm I'm ready to engage and, and just kind of go deeper and and grow and explore and sometimes I'll be like okay at least I'm not alone okay I'm going to bed that's it and that's you know I just wanted people to have that freedom to be able to go deeper if they wanted or just you know, just keep it simpler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we really love that you can use this book in a couple of different ways and particularly that you can read it and be like, oh, look, a shared experience. Great. <laughs> you know, because we don't usually get that paired with information. <laughs> like those are usually mm-hmm. separate. And I, I think particularly we really appreciated the the experiences with your husband that you wrote in this mm-hmm. book. You know, mm-hmm. we, we try to keep it very honest on the podcast <laughs> about our relationships and our struggles. Um, and so it's, it's really refreshing to see somebody else do that. But curious, what were the conversations with your husband like before you published this? <laughs> like, yeah. what, what was he, was he like, please don't put that in the book? <laughs> So he, okay, so he is just so happy the book is done. He actually <laughs> has not yet read the whole new version. So <laughs> he doesn't need to. It's all right. <laughs> He's just recovering from the process. But he was okay being in the book. I mean, some of the things I talk about are really, like, really personal, right? Yeah. And, you know, even, you know, if we have a fight or if, when we're having sex and what that's like. And so I'm like, are you sure you're okay with this being in there? But I tried to write it in a way where, 
it was uh, true to our experience, but I also wasn't like throwing him under the bus. And so he was okay with the content that was written and he believes, you know, he understands why I wrote the book and he supports that. I think where it gets a, a little tricky <laughs> or a little, a little awkward for me is when like my, when I'm having people read the book and they're like, oh yeah, I read that entry on sex to my husband. <laughs> and I was like, oh! You're like, can we not talk about that in person? (laughs) Well, yeah, that's really, yeah, it's, I mean, it's personal. So I hope that by being, you know, just like sharing those things, there's a purpose where that opens up conversation for them and in their relationships Mm -hmm. as well. Because, I mean, relationships are hard anyway, and it's even harder when you're going through pregnancy and parenthood together. And as you're adding more children into the mix, I mean, my gosh, it's, it's really tough. And at the end of our third child, we were just like, oh my gosh, who, like, do we even know each other anymore? (laughs) And so I always tell people with, you know, who've had one child, like about a year is when you kind of realize okay, our marriage, <laughs> we've been focused on this baby so much that our, our marriage kind of sucks around 100%. age one. Yeah. Um, and that was like, so that's something I learned from a really great and wonderful neighbor who was actually also my doula for my first pregnancy, Veronica Jordan. And she, she was the one who kind of like set that expectation and kind of tucked that in my soul. Like, okay, around year one, many marriages or relationships kind of suck. And so when we had back-to-back children, (laughs) then by our third, we're like, oh my gosh, we really haven't had time to focus on our relationship. Yeah. And it's hard to figure out those dynamics. Like, you know, when you're, you know, when we have different thresholds for safety or we, you know, we parent differently. And as a, as, as a mom, it's really easy to that maternal gatekeeping, right. Where, where we can, we can micromanage our partners and we can kind of be the gate that keeps them from being able to parent all the way that they would want to. So there's a lot of learning that we went through when we actually went to counseling. We're like, okay, let's just like start focusing on our marriage before it really falls apart. And oh my gosh, when people have really insightful, wonderful therapists, it can be a game changer, like Mm -hmm. a game changer. And so it was for us as well. Yeah, I really wanted that to be part of the of my story that people know about, because it is really hard. And uh, I think many people just assume that they're the only ones struggling with difficult relationships as a consequence of pregnancy and parenthood. And there is so much help out there. And so when we're actually recognizing that there is an issue you know, then we can, that's the first step towards healing and getting the help that we need. Well, as much as you were talking about like matrescence, where we're becoming mothers, I was actually thinking about your husband in -hmm. some of those stories where, you know, you're talking about you're in labor and you look over and he's asleep and he's like, (laughs) just wake me up, you know, when things get really bad. And you're like, what do you mean? They're bad right now. (laughs) Wake your ass up. (laughs) It's bad, friend. Like, can you be with me? And I was thinking about how long this book took you to write and if he would look back 12 years later on that moment and be like, I see myself differently. Mm -hmm. I see how I've grown. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was actually thinking about like future editions of the book. If he Mm -hmm. could, (laughs) 
if he could, since he's had <laughs> he's been so invested in this, apparently, uh-huh. uh, to put like a little toolbox for him and be like, hey, just mm-hmm. so you know, when I look back on this 12 years later, here's what I think mm-hmm. I could have done different. Or here's mm-hmm. how I feel about myself now. Or like, here's the thing that she really wanted to hear. Mm, you know mm-hmm. that now I yeah. know what she wanted to yeah. hear my mm. bad <laughs> <laughs> I was clueless at the time but I've grown <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good idea that would that would be really powerful if he yeah. if he could do that not to give you more to do, but really, I'm I'm really big on giving husbands things to do. Well, before we add to anyone's to-do list, we have to take a quick break to thank some of our sponsors. And when we get back, we are going to talk about some of the special stuff in the back of this book. Let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor, Aeroflow. Aeroflow is your one-stop shop to get the most popular breast pumps and accessories through your insurance. Yeah, so don't let your insurance go to waste. Why don't you let Aeroflow do all the dirty work for you? You never have to call your insurance when you use Aeroflow, and they remind you when you're eligible for free replacement parts. Yep, so when you're tired in your postpartum period and you're wondering why your pump isn't working as well, you might get a text that says, did you know you need replacement parts? And you say, I did not know that. You push a button and boom, they show up at your door. Thanks, Aeroflow. Thank you so much. Go ahead and check out the link to Aeroflow in our show notes and order your pump through them. Heather, have I told you about my new favorite place to get nursing bras? Oh, tell me. It's called the Dairy Fairy. The Dairy Fairy offers bras and tanks that try to solve the challenges that come with nursing and pumping. Their ingenious intimates are beautiful, supportive, and can be worn all day long. Oh, you're allowed to look good and feel good about yourself while wearing a nursing bra? Absolutely. And they offer sizes up to a 52G. (gasps) Oh, amazing. I'm so glad a company has finally realized that a D cup is not a large. Absolutely. And it's so affirming to feel included in sizing and not feel like I'm asking for too much that clothing fits my body. Well, what else do we get? Well, if you guys follow the link in our show notes, you can use the code MILKMINUTE at checkout for free shipping on all domestic orders. Thank you so much, Dairy Fairy. Absolutely. Once again, that's the link in our show notes and use the code MILKMINUTE for free shipping on all domestic orders. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, Emisha. So the entire back of the book could be a book all on its own. Tell us about some of the recipes that you included and how you curated all of these and, you know, which ones you felt the most passionate about to put back there. Did you have to fight for any? Were the editors trying to cut some (laughs) that you were like, no, we have to have that smoothie recipe? (laughs) Well, that's a good question. The back of the book, yeah, I actually thought about making that like a workbook, like a second part of the book, but then... Then after some soul searching, I'm like, no, I want it all in one one single part and one book. And that's what it ended up being. So if people pick up the book, I just want to say don't freak out because I know it's a thicker book. But the latter third part of it is like optional. Well, actually, all of it's optional. You can read what you want and you don't want to. I promise I'm not going to hunt you down. But the, the, la- the latter half is are the appendices. So the purpose is for you to be able to kind of have like a quick and dirty bulleted back section where you can easily find information. And so 
the front part of the book points to the back. So each week, you know, there's different parts of the appendices that it points to. Like if you're interested in learning more about like maternal mental health or medications um, in breastfeeding or birth control options and, and, you know, some of those more specific um, bits are in the back. Yeah. So as far as the the nutrition part, I didn't have to fight my editor. <laughs> She's still in one piece, but I really wanted to find topics that or just recipes that were easy for people and to make and ones that I knew I really liked and my family really liked. And so the tasty snacks, I feel like are really, it's really based on women like in clinic asking me, cause I work in OBGYN you know, asking me like, I just need more snack ideas. Like I'm always eating like processed foods and you're telling me to have less, like have more nutritious dense stuff, but I need ideas. And so that's um, where I just started pulling together stuff that we're eating here at home that my kids are willing to swallow. And yeah, so that's kind of how that came to be. Love okay, that. so so you wrote like a textbook, a workbook, a self help book, and a memoir, all rolled into <laughs> one. What what was the hardest part of this to write? Because this all seems hard. <laughs> um, well, I think not giving up was the hardest <laughs> part, honestly, because there's just I just have so many memories of my husband like taking the girls out to swim or taking them to ski, mm-hmm. so they could have like a half a day to work on this and that so actually I don't know if like any certain aspects of the book were harder to write aside from well maybe making sure that the like the educational like topics like the science is written in an understandable swap you know palatable way that was kind of tricky sometimes to find that voice and that tone so it's consistent with my memoirs but as far as the process of writing it, I think it was just believing that I actually would get to the end of the whole process. And, you know, even when the manuscript was done, it was still another two years by the time we went through all the, you know, uh, the book design took a long time. And I had a wonderful book designer, Carla Green. And it just it just takes a long time. And by the end, you know, like many things in life when they drag on you're like oh my gosh is this is this am I really gonna actually see this finished product and I guess my encouragement for anyone listening is like yeah when you really have a vision and you believe in something that you're doing don't give up it can it may take a lot longer but there are benefits to things you know kind of being roundabout like my the book ended up being a much more comprehensive and as I've grown over the years and yeah, so it can, it can be a good thing if you don't give up. <laughs> well, I can tell you as almost a 39 week pregnant person, <laughs> I feel very similarly. Um, <laughs> you don't really have the option of giving up. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you even heard it from her. It's like at some point you feel like you don't have an option. You have to finish it. Otherwise it's mm-hmm, like, yep. well, what did I spend that past seven years on? You know, yeah. <laughs> I have to, we got to do it. So I, I feel good knowing that you were able to finish this book and it gives me inspiration that I can push this kid out of you my vagina. Oh, you pregnancy. can. Yes. May, very, you can. very soon. You'll finish it. Very, <laughs> very soon. And then I'll, I'll send you a picture of me and the baby with to carry wonder in the background. 
<laughs> okay, I'll post it. <laughs> with, with the smoothie that I'm drinking from your recipe section while doing all the pelvic floor PT tips from the appendices on pelvic floor. <laughs> I would love to see that. That, that picture would, would say a thousand words. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, you are. I just want to say, I'm so grateful to be able to be here with you. I just know that it's so hard to be this far along in pregnancy and you just you just have to hit the, that stage where you're like i'm so sick and tired of it that i just want it to be over just yeah. just be done already yeah you rip the band-aid off and i will too okay. <laughs> it, it does kind of feel like pregnancy has to like beat you down so you can give up and have a baby and it's yeah. terrible sometimes writing a book having a baby there's basically no difference other than you know, mine's 40 weeks and yours was 12 years. So you win. Thank God you are not pregnant for 12 years. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Well, you know, in addition to the book, you also have some full page PDF downloads of content that go with the book. Um, And those are available on your website. And of course, there's room for you to write on it and everything like that. But, you know, are you done or like what's next for you? You're, you're like a full author now. I mean, you went from writing little doodads as a kid to writing like the hardest book of all time. So are you just going to go to clinic now and we're just, we're just working OBGYN or do you have other passion projects that you're working towards? Going back to do that, <laughs> the tiny little how-tos going back, <laughs> reverting back to my childhood. No, um, that's a really good question. I'm just waiting to see, yeah, I have different ideas. I'm not quite sure how it's all going to come together, but I definitely am excited about promoting maternal wellness, um, getting the word out about matrescence, maternal mental health. You know, one in five women are going to be experiencing some sort of perinatal mood or anxiety disorder in pregnancy or motherhood. You know, it's matrescence is hard, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm trying to figure out how do I just help support women in other ways as well. And so now that I'm not using all my time writing a book, I have more opportunity for some other creative work. So I also have a public health background. So I'm just trying to think about what I want to do in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'll be starting some um, coaching services online as well. So more to come. I'm still evolving and the vision still emerging, but I definitely see myself continuing in this work. Well, we love that. We would love to hear your next project when you figured it out. <laughs> um, for now, though, can you tell our listeners like where they can find you, where they can get your book? Tell us all about your social media and your website and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you can find me on tocarrywonder.com, T-O-C-R-R-Y, wonder.com. And then I'm on social. That's a new thing. I'm very excited about that. So to carry wonder on Instagram and recently started posting more like recipes Mm -hmm. and like toy products and things. I like that's more through Pinterest. Um, And I'll be, you know, developing that further, but basically um, yeah, you can just reach out to me anytime through my website as well, or through Instagram And um, one other thing that I wanted to mention that I haven't brought up yet is a part of the book proceeds do go to supporting a global nonprofit called um, IJM, International Justice Mission. And they're a global nonprofit and working towards ending slavery and violence, especially in communities of poverty. 
And so super excited to be donating some of the proceeds to an organization because still 50 million people are held in slavery today, which is just horrific. And human trafficking generates $150 billion a year. So obviously that needs to stop. And this is one of the organizations that I know of that is working hard to ending that. So just excited to partner with them as well. Well, Um, we're really glad that you're partnering with them. And we will make sure to link all of that, including that organization in our show notes. So folks can look deeper into it if they'd like. Absolutely. Well, Amisha, thank you so much for coming and talking with us about not just about your book, but about your process of birthing this book and and a little bit about your personal journey. I, I know a lot of our listeners are badasses that are mothering and working and they have their own passion projects. And these stories are so important to inspire other people who might be in the thick of it. They might be a mm-hmm. one in five that's experiencing mm-hmm. PMADS right now. And just know that you can get through it and this book will help you. And we're so glad that you wrote it. So thank you so much for coming and thank you for your hard work. Thank you. It's been so fun hanging out with you guys. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Stay in touch. I will. If you're pumping milk away from your baby at all, at work or wherever you go, you deserve a bougie product to make that easier for you. You deserve a series chiller. And frankly, I could not live without one right now. The Series Chiller is an excellent way to store your breast milk safely, and it keeps your breast milk cold for 24 hours. It is the only thing I use to transport my breast milk to and from work. While I'm working, it's got a sleek and beautiful design, lots of great colors, high quality materials, and manufacturing. Series Chill also has other products that you might want to check out too. My personal favorite is the Milk Stash. They have a great nipple shield that actually changes colors and it's not clear like all the other ones. (laughs) And you know how we feel about that. (laughs) Um, If you want to have your very own Series Chiller, please go to the link in our show notes and use code MILKMINUTE15 at checkout. That's MILKMINUTE15 for 15% off your Series Chill products. Enjoy. Well, I loved that interview. I love this book. I actually just like as we were pausing (laughs) to do some technical stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, I need to order two copies for my office. And I just did that because I want to make sure I have this book available to all of my patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a nice flip through, you know, while you're in a waiting room or something. Mm -hmm. I promise if you open it, you'll get something out of it. Like, Oh, no way. I didn't even think about that. Absolutely. And this she she reminded me in the interview that I had meant to like put up a little like poster or something about matrescence because it is one of my favorite concepts Um, and it's something that traditional midwifery focuses on a lot so not new to me but probably new to a lot of listeners that matrescence is a process of maturing just like adolescence you know Um, and it's it's a life change just as (laughs) life-changing truly just as big of hormonal changes and lifestyle changes and everything um and honoring that time for yourself and how difficult it is is really important Mm -hmm. absolutely well i enjoyed it as well i think she's just the sweetest little piece of pie and i can't wait to see what she does next because you don't just go from writing a book like that to like she's got things going on yeah like the look in her eyes she was like i have some things i'm thinking about we're like you know you know what you already know (laughs) you better tell us all right well before we get out of here let's give an award 
All right. Who who are we giving an award to today? Well, I'll tell you. So <laughs> I was out to lunch the other day okay. uh, in the middle of my work day, as you do when you can't pack a lunch because you have sure. no brain cells. Like today, we're about to do that. <laughs> uh-huh. And I, all I really wanted in my pregnancy was a giant cinnamon bun from Apple Annie's. Okay. And that's what I ordered to go, but I actually ended up eating eating it before my lunch got there, <laughs> like my actual lunch. And so as I'm shoving this cinnamon bun in yeah. my face, this beautiful server came over and said, I'm so sorry to bother you. Are you Heather from the Milk Minute podcast? And I was You're like, like uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, yep, sure is me. And, and then I recognized her. She's like, oh, you know, I'm Brittany Boros. And she was like, I've had three babies now. And, um, you know, like she knew me yeah. from, from back when, like uh-huh. first breastfeeding for busy moms. Woo kind of client and she said that she just hit 12 months of nursing her third baby oh nice so she has had three babies with us (laughs) (laughs) which is so impressive and she's just like getting it she's you know how servers are they're Mm -hmm. just like beat bopping around they never slow down I mean this girl looks like she's got energy for days as I'm sitting there literally just hoovering a a cinnamon (laughs) bun the size of my head and I was, she was so sweet, though. She was so sweet. But anyway, Brittany, I wanted to give you this award for making it to a year with your third baby mm-hmm. while hustling a hard job on your feet and being super sweet to people like me, which is just yes. hard to do sometimes. <laughs> so thank you so much. What should we give her? I thought you had it figured out. Well, the Cinnamon Bun Award. Why not? Your, I mean... your sweetest cinnamon award. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Why not? Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, really, though, we we are really proud of you and we're really happy to have helped you like all through this. It's crazy. It's amazing. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Milk Minute. Quick reminder, as Heather is like contemplating how to get this baby out of her body that we have an entire other podcast all about that called beyond the boob and it is a subscription only podcast so you can find that on apple Podcasts or directly on our patreon at patreon.com slash milk minute podcast um and that gives you access to every single episode otherwise um like one a month is free because we also just love you that much um so you should go over and listen to that the birth story is going to be there first before it hits here so very important that you subscribe now yeah and i don't know how many details i'm going to include on the milk minute you know as far as like juicy details goes the juices which juices and when (laughs) right we just don't know we just don't know how it's going to go so we've reserved that space for me to unfilter myself uh if you would like to hear more about how it goes (laughs) wish me luck (laughs) all right everybody we will see you next week goodbye bye It's a mess, man. Yeah.